It's like a rite of passage. Because they desire to get their stuff. Guys, when we want our stuff, you got to covet. you got to covet the spiritual gifts. And you know the best way to do it is get around somebody that loves something more than you, and you'll end up loving it. You catch this stuff more than you impart it and teach it. You just get around it, and it comes by osmosis. And he says it's eagerly desire to prophesy. The best gift is the one that's needed at the time. If you need healing, tongues is okay, I guess. But the gift of healing is the best gift at that time. But Paul really puts a spotlight on prophecy. And I believe the reason that he does is because at the core of Paul's life and at the core of Jesus and who he is and what he represents is the desire to meet the common need that haunts us all. And that is doubt, discouragement, despair, debt, defeat, dying. All the D-devil stuff. And the spirit of prophecy, come on, is the antidote for that spirit. That's why you come ready 24-7 and you never have to get ready if you stay ready. If you just stay ready with the gift of prophecy, it will always be on. And the beautiful picture in the Old Testament that I love to allegorize is in Ezekiel 37. And it just so illustrates this whole D-dynamic is when God takes the prophet Ezekiel out to the boneyard and he walks him up and down and all around and he takes him to and fro and it's dry and it's dusty. And it's deadly. And you got to be full of doubt. Nothing can live here. The hope is cut off. We're never going to get to our destiny. And at any given time, that kind of picture invades and intrudes upon our spiritual dynamic and life. At any given moment, any one of us can have the enemy and can have the worst enemy, which is I've looked in the mirror and he is I or me. It's our doubt and our self lack of awareness of who we are in God and we lose sight of that. But the spirit of prophecy comes along and comes upon the Old Testament prophet and says, can these bones live? And he's like... I don't know, God. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I kind of think that's the sentiment of even this wise, uh, battle-hardened prophet. (laughs) God, only you know. Prophesy. These bones are the bones of Israel, and they say we're cut off. Our hope is gone, and there's no possibility for us prophesy so we're confronted with a choice every time see the one thing it's nice to come ready but when you're ready you got to be ready to be ready to go through all those levels of insecurity every single time and when you break through that ta-da you're free ta-da you're free every time ta-da you're free because it always takes faith to function in the things of God. The just shall live by faith. We have no option. It's the way we live. It's our destiny. And faith is so wonderfully calculated because it's an informed surrender and willingness to do what God wants because it's always going to be good. That's all that God knows. That's all that He is. The lack that we're lacking in the world is a lack of goodness. We have the 
answer. God in us, the hope of glory and the hope for one another. So he starts to prophesy. And as I prophesied, there was a rattling noise and bone came together, bone to bone. Let me tell you, in a graveyard of bones in a valley that's very dry and you can see nothing but bones, a noise is a very, very profound thing. Not to mention them coming together and starting to frame something. Our lives are in disorder. We can't make sense of things. Chaos can invade us in a moment like that. It tries to intrude upon us. The spirit of fear can come and attack us like that. And all of a sudden, everything is right out of sorts. But when you prophesy, and the key to it is all you have to do is listen. I took a friend of mine to Cali, Columbia, to Ruth Rubel's church. I don't know if you know who Ruth Rubel is. But her husband was probably the greatest spiritual son, even more than Benny Hinn, to Catherine Kuhlman. Julio Rubo, uh, Rubo, he would fly over places. In, you probably know this, being a historian with revivalism. He'd fly over places in South America, and people would run out just to get healed, under the shadow of the plane. Now, I mean, a handkerchief is pretty cool, but the shadow of a plane, that, that, whoa, that's really cool. Moving out through the air, you know, in this big tin can at 500 miles an hour or whatever. And you just get under the shadow and boom, people are getting healed all over the place. Well, he was martyred. But I had a privilege of a couple times going to a church. And I took a friend of mine who's a retired corrections officer now, a great friend. He doesn't travel much. And he's a great big guy, six foot two, 240 pounds, has worked out all his life. And we're, we're just great friends. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have fun with this guy, traveling with him, taking him to Columbia. You know, I'm going to get him on the plane. I'm going to tease him about stuff and the loose floorboards and the whole nine yards, you know. And um, we get somewhere from Miami to Cali, Columbia, and there's turbulence. And I'm kind of unnerved. It's like, boom, the plane. And everybody's kind of, there's a little bit of nervous tension in the air, you know. And it's a little bit unusual. And all of a sudden I hear, ha, ha, like this and I look over and there's my friend Barry laughing his head off and I'm like what's going on he's got the headphones on and he's watching the comedy King of Queens on the TV screen and the Lord speaks to me and says listen there's turbulence all the time listen the enemy's always trying to die listen there's always doubt there's always darkness trying to invade upon my people but those that are tuned in to the other frequency that are always dialing I'm always saying something good I'm always saying something new I'm always creating out of out of what you can't see and I'm making what is bad good I'm changing the all you gotta do is it come on Come on, guys. You just got to have the antenna up. And the prophet listens and he makes a choice. And he makes a decision. And he prophesies. And the reverberation is so cool. Because in the midst of that disgusting scenario, that hopeless scenario, all of a sudden, God shows up. It's like the little girl that's sleeping in her room. And she's like scared of the dark. And she's crying out to daddy. And daddy comes through. Honey, what's the matter? Dad, I'm scared in here. Can I come and sleep with you and mommy? Listen, honey. I'll leave the door open and crack. I'll leave the light on in the hall. Jesus is going to come and sleep with you. And the girl considers the whole possibility. She says, Daddy, listen, I tell you what. You come in here and sleep with Jesus, and I'll go sleep with Mommy, okay? I'll come over here and sleep with We are Jesus with skin. And we, and God, he's looking for us 
to speak the word. And when we speak the word, the spirit of comfort and intimacy is the first thing that invades our heart. And then we go in the middle of our little, you know, pout fest or whatever we're having. Oh, there you are, God. He's with us. It's that simple. There you are, God. And you know the next part of it? And isn't that what 1 Corinthians 14 says? That the spirit of prophecy is comfort. A sense of intimacy. Even us big boys are looking to be kissed and tucked in at night. We're all looking to be hugged and cuddled and tucked in at night. Not just little girls, but us little boys too. Maybe we need it even more. I always get a laugh out of these guys that get up and they preach on Mother's Day or something. Or I don't know. And they say, you know, my wife makes me a better man. I leaned over to my wife one day when a young preacher that's a real hot shot preacher, you know. I mean, he had me cold. Like he was, I worked with him. And he got up and made that statement. I poked my wife and I said, what a cop. But I said, my wife is a better man than me. I mean, like, come on. Come on. We all want to be hugged and kissed. And tucked in at night, we have that available all the time. And we provide that through a spirit of prophecy. Through simply just, God's with you, girl. He's for you, girl. He's all around. You can go into the darkest places. You can go into the darkest, dingiest places. Your father's with you. Daddy's got your back. He's going. And the spirit of prophecy, it says, and listen, it says that he didn't even prophesy on the second manifestation of the prophetic power. It says he just looked. He just took a look. And, and what happened? Sinew, flesh, and skin appeared. That is how powerful the spirit of edification is in prophecy. Because all we're doing then is basically recognizing the stuff that all of us can see in the other person that they have lost sight of who they actually are. You don't even have to be that prophetic to know. You just look at girl, walk and take it. Oh, God. Like, you can just look. You can tell. You have that in your soul, in your spirit. You're meant to live flamboyantly. You're meant to live miraculously and spectacularly before the world. So take your stuff and go before God and with God. You just see it. You just look and see. One day, I was preaching in Alberta. I was going through a terrible, terrible time with confidence. I was so struggling with a sense of being incompetent and, uh, and, and so unsuccessful and so burned out and so stressed. And I preached with some of the best preachers in the land to boot. Well, lucky you. Uh-uh. Not. I would have rather surrounded myself with the most fumbling, bumbling buffoons because I would have looked good. I still would have looked bad. But I had a message down cold. I mean, Pastor, I had a message. You know, one of those ones, you worked and you slaved and you fought and you cried and you struggled, you know, and an hour on every minute you preach. One of those ones that you've locked it down, you've got to... Put a bow on it. You know, you pre- and you practice and you're ready to go. You feel the presence of God. And then all of a sudden in the spirit realm, things start to go sideways. And you're taking on water. And I'm bailing it out on the fly. And I'm stressed and nervous. And I know, oh, I'm going up and I'm going to bomb. 
And the Spirit of God Himself prophesied to me. Just said this. I was sitting right here, big church in Alberta here. This is like, I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever. And God goes, because I prophesy over myself. But I know it was that, that turbo booster. Be yourself. I can be angry. I can sweat. I can blab on. I can be boisterous. I can be loud and proud. I can be quirky and good. I can be myself. The spirit of edification. Yeah, I did. Oh, thank God. And the Lord would say, India, you have a smiling spirit. Everywhere that you go, you're going to disarm people. You have a disarm, right? Like I just look at, I don't have to be prophetic. I just look at them. I go, you, know, yeah, yeah, you can do anything. Yes, I'll follow you. Yeah, I trust you. Yeah. You know, people look at me and they go, I'm petrified of him. <laughs> you just look. Edification, the spirit of edification, pastor. The spirit of edification. It's an edifying. It's, it, it's, it's the part that identifies what's already there. It's like the little boy with uh, Robin Williams in the movie Peter Pan. And he's lost his wings. He's lost his power. He can't fight the hook anymore. And the little boy finally sees when whatever hits the fairy dust or whatever. And he remembers who he is. And he goes, there you are, Peter. That's what the spirit of edification and prophecy does. He goes, there you are, Peter. There you are, man. There you are, bro. You're right there. Yeah. You're right there. The spirit of comfort is the intimate connection. The spirit of edification is the identifying aspect of all the good that's in them, their hills, that's loaded up inside of yourself and just be who you are. The world is waiting for you to, ta-da, the world's waiting, we're waiting. And you know what? It doesn't, thank God, it doesn't mean that we're all cookie cutters. Can you imagine if I happen to be the prototype? Oh my God, come on. And everybody's going, oh my God, I quit before I started. We don't. We're who we are. The spirit of prophecy. Oh, there you are, God. Oh, there. You don't even have to say anything on edification, Harley. You don't even have to be prophetic. You just look. Oh, you're tall of stature. God has you tall of stature in the spirit. You have... You, you know, take long strides. You're going to gobble up territory in the kingdom. You just look. You just, it's almost like you make stuff up, but it's not even made up. It's a part of who you are, your DNA. You just call it out. And then if you, if you mine a little deeper in the spirit, then it pulls other stuff out that might be a little more hidden or that they've lost. And there you are, John. Come on. It's like back in the day. Remember in the 90s when we were all looking at those 3D pictures? I, I mean, I used to look at them. I just... I, I think, oh, don't you see it? Don't you? And the harder I look, the less I saw it. I was like, oh, there it is, a bunch of whales and sharks. And they go, no, it's the CN Tower, you dummy. Like, what are you looking at, you know? It was like, what was the key to that? Relax. Oh, and then the best part. They rise up as this, you know, all, all the parts and pieces are there. 
everything's there. The potential. Oh, there, there's a word. Right? The potential. Some of us, if we hear that one more time, right? Like we're frustrated hearing about the potential. We've gone decades and it's like, where is that? It's the last piece of the puzzle, which is really the easiest piece. Why does the home team usually win? Why? Home crowd. The, the seventh player or the 13th player in Canadian football or the 12th player in American or football or, 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 the, or the sixth player in basketball or whatever or the 10th player in volleyball or I guess seventh player, whatever, however you play. Canada, you play nine, don't, didn't we, when we were in school in Canada? Didn't we play nine-man volleyball at one time? I don't even remember us. They make stuff up, don't they? The home crowd. The home crowd. I looked and there was no breath in, the, in, in these bones and in these bodies. There was no breath in them. Prophesy. To the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. And I know I'm allegorizing this, but you know the way I like to look at that? The scripture says we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The scripture also says that angels are sent as ministering spirits to those that are heirs of salvation. We're in a body as the ecclesia, the called out ones, to cheer one another on. And I think somehow heaven, through the thin veil, I don't think it's as big and as far away as what we think. I mean, when my father was dying of cancer, I looked at him and I went, Dad, Dad, you know, we didn't say this out loud, but we looked at him. He's a shadow of his former self. But when Jesus, the resurrected one, was walking on the Emmaus Road, they, they, they didn't quite know. He broke bread. And then their eyes were open. And it was like, aha, ta-da. It was like they saw him. It's Jesus. So Jesus in his resurrected body was... Uh, and, and when he was on his earthly body was um, a shadow of his future self. So we are shadows of our future self. The veil's very thin, folks. It's not that big. So I actually think we've got all of heaven. We've got all of the great cloud of witnesses, whatever that means. We've got the angelic host. We've got God, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Father. They're all cheering us on. I coached a baseball team that was a pretty good baseball team in America. One of my guys won the MVP for an American team. He came off of our all-star team, went on to an American team in our region, and won the MVP down in Puerto Rico. And he wrote me a card, and he says, Coach Barnum, I thank you so much. So appreciated you coaching. You always had us game ready. You always had me ready for the game and stuff like that. And here's the key to, my, to the prowess that I had as a coach. Here was my key. Are you ready for this? This is good stuff. It, this was it. Come on. Come on. But when you hit the turbo button and you're saying that and the Spirit of God's behind you, then all the potential, everything that we are, God's with us. Oh, there I am. Whoa, it all comes forward and we're actually living in our dreams. We're pinching ourselves and we're going, I'm awake. In my greatest vision, in my greatest dream, I'm being who I always was meant to be. I've got the future and it's in the present. I'm in the moment. I've got it. It's alive. It's now. We've got it. Come on. God's with you. You're wonderful. Let's do it. Let's stand up. Come on, stand up. Oh, God. Andrew, come on back, buddy. You've only played two hours. Come on. This is a three-hour feature film. All right? Glove saving a beauty. Oh, Jesus. Come on. 
Jesus. And they rose up and he spoke the north, south, east, and west. We've, we're the home team even though we're, in a, even though we're in a foreign land. We're a road team. With, do you guys remember? It, well, you guys, what am I talking about? We're the only ones that remember 1972. It's 72. It's 72. We took 2,000 crazy Canucks or however many over to that Russian hockey rink. They were louder than the entire nation of Russia. Come on. They were so loud. They were arresting our guys. Our people were getting yeah. arrested because they were, you're too loud. <laughs> they must have been some of my ancestors that were there. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch the hockey game. I want to watch you watch the hockey game, Dave. Come on, guys. Mm. Spirit of prophecy. God's with you. You're great. Let's do it. Yeah, we're an away team with a home crowd. We're passing by, Pastor. We're sojourners. We're just step- but when we're stepping through this foreign land, we're taking it over too. Because we're kingdom people. That's the awesomeness of it all. It's our territory. It's our land. Oh, wow. Woo! In fact, we're, we're supposed to bring the whole home team spirit down out of that realm into this realm. We're supposed to bring it in here. And it's so desperately trying to wake us up. And we're walking by and we're afraid and we're seeing all the goons and goblins. And God's going, all the time, all the time. I'm so happy today, God, I could do a cartwheel. No, you can't, but I got a little girl that will do it for you, Dave. Just anything you need. If you can do this, why don't we one more time just take a moment just to make sure everybody's covered. And the best way to do this is just a little prayer. But if you're comfortable, just turn to somebody in a moment and just say a little prophetic prayer. And then give each other a a wide berth, you know, like just after you, no, after you. Somebody go first. That's the spirit of Jesus. One of the things I love most about the Godhead is the deferring spirit that God has. And and why wouldn't we want to be disciplers that give everything away, Pastor? Why would we want to keep it all for ourselves when God himself is going, no, let me open the door for you, Jesus. No, Jesus says, no, Holy Spirit. Oh, no, Holy Spirit. No, Father, after you. No, after you. I'm better at doing this. I can do this a little bit better than you. Oh, yeah. And they defer to one another. They get out of you. And one goes forward and one steps back. And one. And how much more if God's like that, should we be like that with one another? Hello? Come on. Let's just get over ourselves. Yeah, all right. Come on. Jesus, set us free. Set me free from me, Lord. Set me free from me so I can be the me you've always meant for me to be. And we can be the we. If we're each being me, we'll be we. Oh, wow. That'll preach. That'll preach. Yeah. Yeah, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Just say a little prophetic prayer for each other. Just take a moment. And then we're going to bring it back here. And then we're going to prophesy a little bit more up here. And we'll bring the team up. And we're just going to splash around and have fun and, and just impart. So if, if you're comfortable, if you're not, 
That's okay. Just come on up right now. Just come up and stand up here and wait, and we're going to bless you. But if you're comfortable, find somebody and just say a little prayer. Can I pray for you? And then just watch what happens prophetically. And then maybe even you'll say something. And like he said this morning or this afternoon, Travi said, it doesn't have to be directive. Let it be more confirming. What basically all prophets do in the first place is just tell you the stuff that you already know. Like if I was functioning in a prophetic ministry gift or even in the ascension office of a prophetic gift, if I was functioning in that, um, even when I'm giving directive stuff or I'm functioning in that realm, all I'm usually doing is confirming stuff that people already know in their own spirits, but we have a hard time just getting going. If you don't know what to do, you need teachers. If you know what to do, but you're not getting there, you need a prophet. Right? So that's kind of maybe, I don't know, maybe that's here, like a prophet level or a prophetic office level or a prophetic ministry level. And so even that is fairly basic stuff. You just grow in it and it's, and it's a grace gift. But simple prophecy is just the same thing. It's just confirming what kind of we already know. But then the Spirit of God just, whew, turbo booster, whatever it is, I don't even know. So just say a prayer for somebody, okay? Will you do that? You guys want to pray? And then you guys pray. And if not, just have a seat for a minute. Just rest your bones for a second. And then we're going to bring the dry bones up and we'll pray a little more, okay? Oh, Lord.
So I just want to invite Bonnie, would you just come? I know God's put a word on your heart to share. And uh, yeah, I just believe this is a real word for us tonight. Well, I've never done this before. And this young girl's laughing because she encouraged me to use my gift of prophecy. (laughs) And so I'm stepping out in boldness too. Thank you so much for for doing that. And um, I want to ask Evan... I don't see him anywhere, but I think he's somewhere. Evan, are you here? Evan? He's really tall. Evan, you know my voice. <laughs> well, maybe he's not here anymore. But um, Evan is, is really tall. And uh, <laughs> where is he? Hey, Evan, come on. You're not going to get away on me that quick. <laughs> Woo. Cool. Evan, um, I didn't recognize him, but he let me know today that I taught him in grade 10. I'm sure he wasn't this tall. But um, anyways, Evan, I, did, I said, you know, I don't remember the students that weren't in your face. You know, I said, you must have been a really good student. And uh, because I didn't remember him. But now I do. And, you know, he came up here when um, you were warring in the spirit. And you were just, you were warring. And Evan came up. 
and I saw you come up, Evan, and, and you, you weren't really fully confident. You kind of came up and you thought, well, I'm just going to try. I'm going to step out and I'm going to come up. And, and I saw that as a step of boldness, Evan. God wants to put a mantle on you to lead the young men because you had the courage to come up. You are a giant in the spirit. God wants to use you to encourage other men to come up and be leaders and be leaders of the army. Because you know what? I saw this when I was teaching. You young men have been stripped of your rightful leadership. And God wants to restore that because we need mighty men who are going to lead the army. And you know what? Women will step back. They will when the men will lead. And God, I saw when you came up here that God is calling you to lead young men to come up and be warriors. And in my heart, I was going, let the other men come and join him. Let the other men come and join him because you can form a whole army. And women, we will support them, won't we? We will support our men. So that's just all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient. That was a word from the Lord. I just felt, you know, as Barney was teaching, I felt like it's like a, a symbol of like a stir stick. And he's stirring. And sometimes it can be like, ooh, ooh, you know, it's uncomfortable. But God is stirring us. He, he's, he's, he's calling us forward. It's like the pools of Bethesda. They were stirred at that time. And I, I feel tonight, you know, we can talk about prophecy. We can talk about hearing God. But the greatest miracle, the greatest thing that can happen here tonight is that we would know Jesus. And I have felt as we were right there that there's a couple people at least that you're here and either you had a relationship with God at one time, you know about God, you're here and you have no clue about God and this is all new to you. I just, I want everyone just to close their eyes and bow their heads because we can talk about God and all that he can do, but it's meaningless if we don't have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants to come in and be our best friend. He wants to come that we would know him not know about him. And if you're here tonight, God's knocking on your heart. And at this advance, the greatest advancement you can ever make in your life is to advance in a relationship with him that it would start tonight. And if that's you and you just, you may know what's going on inside of you, but you just know something is happening. You don't understand all that's been even shared, but you just go, I, I need that. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? No one's looking around, but if that's you, you just say, I just, I need that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt there's someone here. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So God, we just pray that we would know you. That we would know you. Take us deeper. Take us closer. Jesus, we want you. Come into our lives afresh and new. Come into our hearts, our minds afresh and new tonight. God, take us deeper. Take us closer. We want you. 
Take away all the junk, all the sin, all the things where we've fallen short of the glory of God. Cleanse our heart. Because the closer we get to the light, the more dirt becomes visible. And so we, we, we wipe the dirt. We, we let you take that dirt away tonight. Thoughts, ideas, sin, things that aren't pleasing in your eyes. God, open our ears tonight in the spiritual sense to hear you. Open our heart tonight to hear you. Open our eyes. We break off unbelief. We break off doubt in this place. We break off the spirit of um, where you have had hurt. You've been hurt by church or you've been hurt by a word or, or you've not seen it fulfilled and you've created a wall between you and God. We break that off. We break off the unfulfilled dreams, the unfulfilled prophecies. We break that off. We break off hurt from leaders, hurt from churches, hurt from things that we've walked through that have been painful. We say we're walking anew tonight. We're going a different direction. God, we repent of offense. We repent of unforgiveness. We forgive tonight. We forgive everybody that hurt us. We honor our enemies tonight. We honor those that have hurt us, that have, that have betrayed us, that have... We honor and we love them tonight. And we forgive them. In this place. And we let you speak tonight. We thank you that you've called men to arise. And I thank you that you have a word. You have a moment for every person in this room. And I just feel like God's saying you may have carried more baggage and via rail into this advance. But God wants to strip you of that. God wants you to leave and you're going to leave without the baggage. You're going to leave without the burden. You're going to leave without all the stuff you've been through. There's freedom. And we're going to pray in a moment for every person in this room. And I believe release and impartation. I believe you've come to, uh, you know, we, we can talk about a, you know, an advance where it's a retreat where we come and be refreshed. But there's something more. You don't go, you go to Banff and you be refreshed. You go and you go on a holiday and then you come back to life and things are just, okay, you have more energy, but you've just gone away. You've just put pause on life. But I believe God's not putting pause. He's accelerating things. He's accelerating dreams. He's accelerating the voice. He's, he's, Barney's been preaching here and stirring, and it's been a vehicle of acceleration for things. There's stuff that's happened, and we don't even know it. There's stuff that happened tonight in the prayer room over there that, was, that just changed everything. Something shifted tonight in this room. Something shifted in your heart tonight. Something shifted, and you may not even realize it, but God has done something tonight. Just, it's bigger than what we know. It's bigger. It's the province. It's the nation. God shifted something in the nation. I believe it tonight. Oh, Jesus. Wow, this is such a great time. This is such a moment in God. I just love this, these divine appointments that just pop up and surprise you too. And you know what I love about this is I go and I fit in, okay, believe you. I go to a lot of flake. I have gone to a lot of flaky places. (laughs) Bring him in, you know. (laughs) And I have fun. But this is a solid place. There is rootedness that goes down deep here. You know, despite what the outward packaging looks like, we all come in different shapes and sizes. If we can get beyond that, there's a lot of good there. But I'll tell you, 
I'm a very rooted and grounded person. I pride myself in that because God has had to take me to the knee. And I live there and I love it. And I, I get I get being released like an arrow, but I get living in a quiver as an arrow too. I'm acquainted with both. In fact, I prefer the latter a lot of times. You might find that hard to believe, but I do. We have such a great moment in God, and I love ministering to a group that's grounded, that's rooted, that knows the word, that loves God, loves church, loves people, and is looking for anything else in life but to be goofy, but wants to make it work, wants to make God work. And that's this place. It's a good place. But at the same time, God's stirring up with the gifts of the Spirit, which is a risky place. It's, a, it's, a, it's an adventurous place. It's an unknown realm for some. But you're going for the ride, and I commend you. And I hope this doesn't sound condescending because I'm just getting to know a lot of you. I'm proud of you and this journey and your leadership and the tact and the grace and the, and the ability to move people along at a pace that's just great. But we're going to get the ball rolling here. and We're going to prophesy. I'm so glad this sister came up because we felt there were two men that we were to call out publicly tonight. And Philip, if you'd just come on up here. I just met Phil. Philip, if you'd come on up here. And uh, Pally, uh, our Slovak friend, Pally, if you'd come here. And just face this way, guys. Just face this way, okay? Because we're gonna be, they're going to be the wind behind your back. We're going to be the wind at these guys' back tonight. And we're going to rejoice with them. And Travis going to come up. And Pastor Ken, if you want to come up or whatever, however you want to do it, guys. I mean, the more the merrier. But uh, we're just going to get the ball rolling a little bit. And I feel like God wants to uh, call you guys out publicly tonight and just bless you in front of your peers. And, uh, and God does that sometimes, you know. And just it's like happy birthday to you today, you know, in the spirit. Like, it's okay, you know. And everybody else will get some cake and ice cream too, and it'll be all good. But the Lord, I believe, would say unto you tonight, Philip, just, just receive, bro. Yeah, just receive. This is a great night for you. This is a great night for you because the Lord's spoken to you already this weekend. And the Lord commends you tonight, and He's encouraged by you. And you have ministered to the heart of the Lord. You've ministered to the heart of the Lord when nobody else was looking and watching. You were watching and you were being a steward over the most precious things to God's heart, your siblings. And you took care of them. And you watched over them. And you poured into them. And you had the heart of a father and a mother. And you lifted them up. And you bandaged them up. And you helped them up. And you argued a bit with them. And you got into it like brothers do and sisters do and siblings do. But you poured in something that was invaluable to them. Philip, you truly were like Philip of the Scriptures. You were obedient. The Lord said to do this. You didn't even know it was the Lord, but the Lord put love and compassion and mercy in your heart. And you poured it out, Philip. You poured it out in spades in a good way. And the Lord breaks off every sense of failure. The Lord breaks off every sense of of, of slipping up. The Lord breaks off every bit of condemnation. Of Come on, saints. We got a moment in God. We got moments in God, Andrew. Oh, come on. Oh, buddy boy. I'll tell you what, the Lord's so proud of you. He's been dancing over you for years. He's been bragging on you up in the heavenly realm for days upon end. You're the object of his affection. You're his boy. 
You're his guy. You're his man. He dances over you with celebration. And the Lord says, I'm going to give back to you a thousandfold. And what you lost in being a child yourself, what you lost in being a sibling under the care of a father, the Lord's going to make up to you. And the Lord's going to allow you to enjoy a childhood. You're going to be like a little child enjoying the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the surprises of God, the care of God, the goodness of God. You got it all going on, brother. And you're doing something and you've been faithful. You've been faithful mining oil up there in them there hills up in Fort McMurray. And you've gone down deep and you've been faithful to the task and faithful to the job. But the Lord's going to call you out of that one day. And you're going to come out of that at the right moment, at the right time, in the right season. And what God's going to do is he's going to have you mine for oil in the spirit. And you're going to mine the oil out of your siblings, out of your friends, out of even people in this group. You're going to mine for oil. And you're going to bring the glory and the goodness and the greatness that's locked up and resident within every one of us. And you're going to bring out the virtuoso. You're going to bring out the virtuoso. In everybody's life, you're going to bring out the best. Because that's what a spirit of exhortation does. And you have that, Philip. And Philip, I'll tell you what. You're going to be like Philip of old who knew how to go into a context. Come on, saints. Come on, dear ones. Come on, precious saints of God. We got a moment in God for one of your own. For one of your own. For one of your people. And you're going to be like Philip of old. And you're going to know how to repurpose. And you're going to know how to make relevant the turning of water into wine, Andrew. Here's how you turn water into wine. God calls you to go. Like he called Philip of old. Go to the, go to the Gaza. Go down to the desert. And there's going to be somebody there. And watch, there's an Ethiopian. Go on, catch up to him. He's looking at the scriptures. And you're going to be able to go in. And you're going to be able to touch people that don't fit. That have no fit. That have no reason on earth even being a part of the promises of God seemingly. Because if Philip could do that in the first century with a gender, with a third gender, with a non-gender, with a gender that didn't even fit fit in Israel's paradigm that was commanded in the Pentateuch that they didn't even belong if they were a eunuch in the community of God but you're going to go and you're going to prophesy and you're going to lay hands on people and you're going to be able to go where nobody can go and you're going to lead the people of Christ into going into those places, Philip. And you're going to transform people that nobody can fix. That we don't even have the answers for. You don't have to be afraid. It's going to happen. It's going to come to you. You're going to have the revelation. And lives are going to be changed and transformed forever. Philip, it's on your life. And it's on this place. It's in this house. It's on your spirit. You guys can do it. It's over you. What he does in one son. He does in all sons. What he does in one daughter. He does in all daughters. It's over your lives. And Philip, this is just the beginning. Now you take this and you weigh on this. You go to your leaders and your pastors and your best friends spiritually. And you chew on it. You don't even have to do anything else. Just ruminate. Just chew on it. Meditate on it. Consider it. Let it rise up like good leaven. And and, and you're going to come forth in it. And you're going to start to walk in it. And you're going to start to live in it. And you need to expect. And oh, are you ever a good spiritual father. There's so much more. We'll pray over you a little bit more. But you have a fathering gifting. And that dear lady that came up tonight. Man, sister, you hit it. And this is like a Jenga pin in the spirit. To topple all of us guys over. God is looking for fathers. 
you have lots of teachers, lots of preachers, lots of prophets, lots of this and lots of that. But like Paul of old, you don't have many dads. Oh, how we need dads and fathers. The fathering spirit. Come on, men. Guys, come on. You don't have to have biological children. We all are to impart and minister and give it away. Oh, that's highway robbery to not do that in this world and in this earth. To give the best of God and self away to other people. How many guys want to be a father? Stand up. If you'd say, I'll be a dad to some. I'm going to mentor somebody. Come on, guys. Come on. The fathering spirit. Let it take a hold of this church, of these young men. Let it take a hold. Just receive it. In the name of Jesus. Pally, we got a moment in God, brother. Oh, Pally, Pally, Wally. Pally, Pally, Pally. Oh, you've been chosen for such a time as this. You're in the right place, in the right time, in the right hour, in the right moment, in the right season. You're in season. Even when it's out of season, you're in season, bro. Oh, I'll tell you, you're just what the doctor ordered for us in Canada. You're just what the doctor ordered. We needed a good Slovak over here. And you got a lot to give. And you got a lot to pour out. And you got a lot to help us stressed out Canadians relax and chill a little bit, man. And to let our hair down and get some of that European freedom and anointing. We need some of that, man. And you got it. Give it to us. But the Lord brought you here to do things in you too. And the Lord is pouring things into you. He's pouring gifting into you. He's pouring the language of the English language into you. He is pouring, uh, he's pouring opportunities into you. He's pouring provision into you. And I'll tell you what he's doing that is bigger than anything besides how you're coming into connection with him. He's pouring relationship in you. He's giving you Canada as a secondary nation, as your home away from home. He's giving you friendships that will last into eternity, that are eternal now. You're in the moment. Eternity is in your heart now here in the nation of Canada in Alberta and you have friends that will go to the wall for you and you need to continue to establish that and build that because you're and you're going to be here even though extended I believe beyond what maybe you thought and you say well how could that test that weigh that out be willing to do that one day there will be a returning and when you return here's the beautiful thing you're going to pour into the nation and it's going to explode you're going to have all the best that you had in your dna it's not gone away your slovakian uh, upbringing and roots and ethnicity it's all there and it's being packed down even greater and greater you appreciate home the more you're away from it sometimes it's all in there it's locked up sealed signed and delivered it's fantastic but you're taking the best of this nation and you'll go back and I'm telling you you're going to bring that to the nation and it's going to explode but here's the beautiful thing the Lord says that you're going to build a bridge back to Canada and from Canada over to Slovakia and it's going to open up portals I'm telling you it's on your life man it's on your life it's over your life and so Lord we thank you for this gift we thank you for this gift this relational gift a relational man Oh, guys, we'd, take, we'd do well to take a page out of this book. Us guys need relationship. He, you have something to give us and to teach us relationship here and to teach it when you get home. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, hey anybody else? Like, I know I'm using up all the oxygen right now, but you almost have to knock me out of the way here. It's okay. Jesus. Yada. Yeah, so God, we just pray over Pally. We pray just a release of that. We pray, God, as he's here, you would take care of home. You would take care of every worry.
his family, God. We, we just call forth salvation in his family. Call forth every worry and everything that he misses in home. And God, I declare this is a new season. And that he has modeled servant. He's been a servant for years and he's served church and he's served in the back and he's done PowerPoint, he's done media and he's done things. But Pally, you have a gift to raise up people and you have a gift to father people and you have a gift to help release. And it's not, it's not the technical skills, it's the empowering that you're going to empower and you're going to release and you're going to build teams and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pour into other lives and you're going to be able to see other people and observe how they're doing and how they're feeling. And you observe it and God's going to even give you and you're going to text them and you're going to have uh, just opportunities to minister and it'll look different. It's not, it's not like it looked in Bible college, like it might not look on a stage, but it's, 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 it's not the stage, it's, it's, the, it's the behind the scenes that makes it. And, and you have served and you've modeled and you're going to be a model for people on how to serve and how to pour into the kingdom and because of that, your faithfulness, God is going to bless you. God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. Wow, what a great moment in God. What a great moment in God. Let's just sustain this. As Andrew plays those ivories right through to the stage floor here, um, I'm just going to ask Trav's team, Karis and Dean and Dave, if you folks will come on up here and just stand up here and Pastor Ken... And Lena, if you folks want to meet, wherever, over there, and Pastor um, uh, Kevin and Aaron, Aaron, if you can, with child, come up to to pray. And we're just going to stand up here, and uh, the team, come on up, and um, we're just going to bless you, and we're going to love on you, and um, come on up, guys. And uh, yeah, 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 Braden, sorry, yeah, sorry, Diana. I didn't forget you guys. I'm just, I'm just shunting all over the place here in the frontal lobe. Um, so come on up, guys, if you want to be prayed for. And uh, we would like to bless everybody. And what we'll do is we'll form one line right up here, right in front of our grills here. And just stand like this. And then we're going to pray. And everybody's going to get a blessing and get a prayer, and then we'll just walk through and go to the next line if you want it. So we'll jam as many lines. Yeah, a whole line right here. Yeah, a whole line right here. So whoever wants to be first. Yeah, are you okay, sister? Are you all right? You going to make it? Yeah, you, spirit, don't knock her over. Don't knock her right over so she can receive an impartation. You know, a lot of people don't never get slain in the spirit when I pray for them because, I, because I'm in... God's intentionally using me to impart. Like, I'm not a soaker guy. I'm a saturator guy with the word of the Lord. I, I just, yeah, you know. So people don't, they fall forward a lot because of the fathering prophetic spirit. They fall forward because we're falling into the arms of God. So come on right up closer. We'll just get up close and personal here. Okay, and then another row behind. Yeah. Yeah. Then another line come behind this row. One straight row. One straight row across. And then another second straight row in behind. Yeah. And then the third row can stand on the red chairs and blow shofars or something. (laughs) We need shofars. (laughs) 
Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, give the person in front of you a high five. Yeah, we're going to bless each other. It's going to be good. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. High fives in the spirit. Can you high five? High five. High five. Hey, thanks for giving me some love on Facebook. That was nice. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, by the way, I never do this. Um, but as, it, as, as Andrew's just relentlessly, eternally leading us in worship, we need to really bless him and the team too. Um, I never do this, but I would like to be friends with you guys on Facebook. And so just inundate me, okay? Because I really, I felt tonight before I came into the service to put that, I've never done that before ever. I don't, can't think ever, but I don't know. It's just a crazy time. So I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, they're like, we don't want you on our friends list. We don't want you. <laughs> okay, let's just bless some folks. Have fun and pray for them. And then, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so, so we're.